You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. This is MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox edition. I'm Anthony Cashman. Uh, we're in the tail end of the 2015 season, and not go the White Sox way. Scott Merkin has endured it all. Merck, uh, we're going to look at some, try to look at some positives here. One positive, Carlos Rodon. Uh, the way he's pitching here down the stretch was really good on 11 days rest uh, the other night in Cleveland. I noticed that his changeup usage has, has really increased exponentially as the season has gone along. Just just a, a matter of a young kid getting confidence in his secondary stuff. Is that pretty much what's going on there? Yeah, you know, the description of Rodon stuff it sort of reminds me of the description of Chris Sale when he first came to the White Sox. Only Sale worked more extensively out of the bullpen. I think he had, what, a year and some change in the bullpen. I remember Kenny Williams, the general manager at that point said that, you know, he had this great change up and he said, you know, once you get to see it, it's going to be one of his best pitches, if not his best pitch. And that's, you know, you heard the same stuff about Rodon. When Rodon came in, you heard, you know, the great slider, great makeup, and that that change up really was going to make the difference. And it has, you know, I mean, I think he's just getting confidence overall. And, you know, I, I, he took his lumps early and like a lot of young pitchers do. Look at, we've said this before on the, on the podcast, look at Clayton Kershaw's first year or two and his numbers there. And, you know, he's really been, been great for about his last 11 starts. But the interesting thing is he's had a lot of repeat starts. Like, he's faced the Mariners twice. He's faced the Angels twice. I think he's faced the Indians three times. Now, you're bound to have that. I mean, Sales pitched six times against the Twins alone this year. So, it's interesting yeah. to see him handle teams, you know, in repeat mode. Sometimes that's a pitcher's advantage if they have something that they know they can, you know, get a team out. But a lot of times, especially with the young guy, it's for the hitter's advantage. So, yeah, Rodon has shown – as this year has gone on, that this is going to be a viable, you know, one-two guy with Chris Sale at the top of that rotation. I don't know if the repeat factor comes into this, but since you mentioned Sale, uh, 5.4 ERA in September uh, after a 3.2 ERA from April to August. His fielding independent pitching mark is also ballooned. Actually, statistically speaking, Mark, this has been the worst month of his career, and of course, it's not over yet. He's got a chance to uh, redeem himself a little bit. But what do you think is going on with Sale? It's hard to say. It's interesting. We were talking about that today here in, here in Glorious Detroit in that, you know, Sale, he's still throwing the ball hard. He's still got, you know, good movement on his pitches. It's just kind of what's plagued Samarja, who's starting game one of the doubleheaders we speak, and that's just location. And, you know, I mean, the line was a little deceiving against the Indians because he only gave up one earned run. Right. But you know, he gave up, what, six or seven all told, including a grandson to Quintana, another home run to Lindor. I've seen more home runs against him. I know the numbers aren't his career high yet, but I've seen more home runs against him in these last, you know, five or six starts than I have in, in a long time. And I think it's just location. I think even the best of pitchers, when they're not locating, can, you know, can, can get hit. And that's, that's, the, that's what's happening with him right now. It's, it's kind of strange. And the other sense I think I get is that, you know, the bar was set so high with this kid where he got, you know, what, eight straight starts of 10 strikeouts or less, and I think he – or 10 strikeouts or more, of course. 10 strikeouts or less wouldn't be that impressive. Um, and I think his ERA was below two during that time. So, you know, you're bound to hit a little bit of a run like that. But it is kind of strange when you look at five straight Chris Sale starts that have ended up at White Sox losses. He hasn't lost all those. And, and in fact, in one of those starts, he pitched seven brilliant innings against Boston to give a run. But when you look yeah. at five straight sales starts, that's the guy you figure, and that's the guy who he, he talks about this, that he's the guy who should end your streak, and it just hasn't been going that way. Yeah, and it's a shame. It, it probably, what's going on here in September has probably pulled him, I'm sure it's pulled him out of the Cy Young conversation. Uh, probably yeah, you know, it, it's Keuchel. interesting. I don't know what I don't know what you think about that at this point, Anthony, but, you know, Keiko 
we still thought even you know before sales streak was kind of the favorite, and then he got hit hard by Texas, and he's got right. those huge home road splits. You know, Chris Archer has got numbers sort of like Sale, a decent record, good ERA, huge strikeout totals. Sonny Gray has got a, a solid ERA, hasn't pitched very well his last two or three starts and plays for a really bad team. And then you got, you know, the old standby who's been great for a long time, that's David Price, and right. Price may end up winning it. You know, Price being part of Toronto and with his numbers being very impressive, too. It's not like you're giving to him by default. But, yeah, there are a lot of guys who have held that favorite status. And it'll be a very interesting vote, I think, once the year comes to a close. It will. As we sit here today, I'd, I'd have to go David Price. Took over the ERA lead, ERA plus lead. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Sale had a nice season until September. I mean, he can redeem, like I said, maybe he can redeem himself these last two weeks. Uh, Merck, you mentioned we're recording this uh, doubleheader just getting underway there in Detroit. So this could happen uh, by the time you folks listen. But Jose Abreu is one home run away from beginning, beginning his career with two 30-homer seasons. Merck, can you name the other two players to do that? I would like to go for Albert Pujols and Mr. Ryan Braun from the Milwaukee Brewers. Merck's been reading his game notes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> to go and can you and can you name the only player who's done thirty and a hundred his first two years? I think he did it for many more than his first two, actually. Thirty and a hundred. Thirty oh, thirty homers, hundred RBIs his first two years. Only one other guy besides Abreu, if Abreu gets there. Uh, Albert Pujols. I, I, I give you a hint. His name has just been mentioned in the last thirty seconds. Albert Pujols. There you go. I was saying it's not okay, me. All right. Um, so you say I think he's I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think he's seven RBIs away from 100. So he's got a shot. Yeah. He should get 30, and he's still got a shot at 100 too. I think he's got 33 doubles as well. Um, and I don't know, Merck. I think this kind of sums up the White Sox season right here. Abreu. I mean, you go into the season saying Abreu just had a monster 2014 with very little lineup support. Now he's going to have some lineup support at the top of the order. He's going to have a monster run production year. Merck, would you believe, and I'm guessing you would because you've been there just about every day, Jose Abreu is on pace to have fewer plate appearances with runners in scoring position than he did last year. I would believe that because the offense has been one of the key letdowns this year. It's just, you know, it has been, as we said, I should, I, should have, I should have copyrighted this phrase, and I guess I still can, but they've been consistently inconsistent from the start of the year, and it's been, it, it's really kind of brought them down at times when they've made their little runs. I mean, you know, maybe we overvalued, maybe people in Chicago looked at that offseason that Rick Hahn put together and, you know, made some great pickups. And, yeah, there were some holes, but very few teams address every single issue in the offseason when you had as many as the Sox did to address. Maybe we all overvalue. Maybe we're a little too close and overvalued it. But I don't think if you would have said, okay, they're not going to, you know, be prime contenders, but the highest they're going to get over 500, barring them going on a 14-0 winning streak at the end of the year, is one game. 18-17 and 17 is their high watermark this year. And I don't think anyone would have thought that. Again, Maybe they really weren't, you know, even with the changes made, maybe this was an 83-82 win team top, and maybe next year is more a year or 17 when some of the prospects are coming up. But no one would have guessed that they would have been, you know, barely over 500 for the season at, at one point. Absolutely not. It's It's been a frustrating year on the south side. Uh, you know, you mentioned the consistently inconsistent. There is a need for consistent power there beyond Abreu. Uh, Mike Olt hit the home run, uh, first guy to hit a home run for the White Sox and the Cubs in the same season. Is he going to be anything more than a trivia question? Do you think he has uh, – is there anything there for the future? What were your thoughts on Holt? I know he's only been, up, been there a couple of weeks now. I, have to, I, I told him this in person. I have to issue a, a podcast apology. I went up to him after the game and I said, uh, 
Oh, do you remember that uh, the first home run you hit for the, the Cubs, the home run you hit for the Cubs earlier this year was off Kyle Kendrick in Colorado, and he kind of laughed and said, "Yeah, that's when I got hit, and that's when he broke the bone. He had a, a hairline right. fracture in his wrist that led right. to Chris Bryant coming in and him being, you know, basically moving on to another organization. I think he's, you know, he's going to get a look. He's got a look almost this entire month. They kind of liked what they've seen. I, I think, you know, I, I enjoy covering Tyler Flowers. He has a great job handling pitchers." Uh, you know he needs they need a, they need more hitting back there. Tyler might be a guy who is you know a guy who goes back to two or three times a week. But I think if they can, what I what I getting off topic to get back to topic, yeah. I think if they upgrade there and get another position there, then maybe they look at Mike Old as a regular third baseman. It is interesting though because I don't want to cast aspersions at a young kid who's playing hard. But you know Matt Davidson is this guy they went out and they traded Addison Reed for and they acquired and you know he really. To me, uh, except for not having the you know the success at the major league level, is kind of a lot like Mike Olds in that he's kind of a high impact guy when he makes contact, but he strikes out a lot and pretty yeah. good defensive player. So it's interesting that they went and decided to go with Mike Olds instead of giving Matt Davidson a look in September. So I do think Mike Olds is going to get a look at third base going into next season. But you know, then again, so many changes could happen. You don't know who's going to be traded. You don't know who's going to you know be promoted up from the minors. As of right now, I think he is certainly in the picture. Nothing is guaranteed, but he's in the picture. Yeah, I was I was definitely curious uh, when they made that move, given the Dave situation. But uh, we'll see. Maybe old uh, old is the. I guess you could say he's two trivia questions, Mark. There's the, the Cubs White Sox thing, and then who was the guy who blocked Chris Bryant the first two weeks or first uh, what was it, eleven twelve days of the. That's right. Season. So there you go. And, and do you, do you know the last the last guy to play for the Cubs and Sox in the same season before Michael? Uh, I don't. You'll no. you'll never get this. Josh Paul is the is the answer in two thousand and three. Josh Paul. I believe at least last I heard it was a scout for I think the Yankees possibly. Merck, if this is our second to last podcast of the regular season with this much trivia, I can't wait to listen to our last one. We are going to. Oh, I'm going to come. Strong. I'm going to come ready for that last one. I'm going <laughs> to dig deep for some trivia questions there. Yeah, might even get a few Eagles at, trivia uh, questions in that one. <laughs> it's going to be like a night at uh, BW3s or something. I want to thank Scott <laughs> there you go. for joining us. <laughs> thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.